quote, What's most important to me when I'm assembling a staff is to give them an opportunity and show them complete trust and that they repay that trust. Sadly, not everyone has that character. Some choose to pursue those opportunities in the worst possible way, end quote. Listen, Caroline, I know you're angry, but I genuinely thought those hobnobs were for everybody. This is the Totally Football League Show. Shout out to my main man, Gary Monk, for serving up this week's opening intro zinger. That quote and more came from the Sheffield Wednesday boss in his pre-match press conference for the game against his former assistant, now adversary, Pep Clotet and Birmingham. Seems they aren't on the best of terms. Anyway, I'm Matt Davis-Adams. Alongside me this week are a murder of men who mostly make money making mainly marvellous measured musings on matches they've monitored, sometimes involving Mansfield, Morecambe or Macclesfield. Um, 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 um. Has anybody seen my M? Mark it. M. The first name on the team sheet today, it's done in alphabetical order, you see, is Adrian Clark. Hello, Adrian. How are you? Hi. Um, did you know that when you put your name into Google, it says people also search for Sam Parkin, which I think is very sweet. <laughs> Do they really? Uh, and it also <laughs> says people also search for Harry Maguire. Can you explain that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Next, you heard me mention his name a moment ago. He and I are friends for now. Will that still be the case after our visit to Loftus Road for the QPRV Forest game on Wednesday? Yes, it will. Our friendship is based on more than just football. We also both like the Sopranos. Oh, here he is. Sadly, without a box of fresh cannolis, it's Sam Parkin. Morning, Matt. How you doing? All right. Who's your favourite Sopranos character, if I had to push you? Uh, Sil. All right, the answer we were looking for was Christopher Moltisanti, but that's fine. Uh, and finally, ready it's for... It's true, a... by the way. I've just looked. Yeah, no, I told you. Yeah. <laughs> but the, it's the Harry Maguire thing that throws me. That's just because we're going to be presenting in the jungle 2025, Adrian. It can happen. Clarky and Parky. <laughs> that's it, mate. <laughs> uh, finally, ready for a group hug after his beloved Bolton wandered their way to a gubbing at Accrington. He likes odds, just don't mention seven to one. From William Hill, please join me in saying hello to the delightful Joe Crilly. Hello there. Joe, I'm sure we've all got this time of year marked in our calendars as when the nominees for the William Hill Sports Book of the Year are announced. You've done a podcast about it. Tell us a bit more. Yes, uh, we have. To celebrate the 31st awarding of the William Hill Sports Book of the Year, uh, we have decided to do our first ever podcast because everyone's doing them, aren't they? Uh, so why not? Uh, so so um, we've interviewed all of the shortlisted authors uh, with the help of producers Abby and, uh, and Ben. And... Um, We've also dug into the Sportsbook of the Year archives. So if you want to listen to, uh, to two lads talking about sports books, interviewing authors, um, then just look for the William Hill Sportsbook of the Year podcast. Okay, not sure how I feel about members of this panel starting new podcasts. Um, right then, we're fresh off a big night of EFL action, which came after an even bigger in terms of numbers of teams competing at least weekend of action. So there's no further time to waste. Abby, set a course for the championship. You're listening to the Totally Football League show in association with William Hill. In your championship headlines, we have Tuesday's results. Cardiff beat Stoke by a goal to nil. Fulham 3, Derby nil. Huddersfield 1, Swansea 1. Luton 2, Charlton 1. Millwall 2, Wigan 2 and Reading nil. Leeds 1. So that means Leeds top for the moment thanks to a late win at Reading whilst Fulham move up to third brackets at time of recording. Close brackets. Elsewhere, Monk Strop as Gary has a pop at Pep as we welcome the return of the always enjoyable managerial beef. And speaking of managers, so far so good for Neil Harris who sees his Cardiff side come from behind to draw it Charlton and then with his first home game as Bluebirds boss Besting Stoke. 
Okay, I want to spend a bit of time looking at Leeds and Luton, two teams at opposite ends of the championship table. Let's start with the game you were at last night, Sam. Bielsa's boys getting a late winner at Reading through Jack Harrison. Was it the right result? Yeah, it probably was. Just about. It was a game of very few chances. It was a bit scrappy. The only way I felt Reading were going to hurt Leeds was probably from a, a set piece. But Leeds defensively this year, I think that's one of the major differences. Nine clean sheets now in the 18 matches, just conceded the 10 goals. That's by some distance the best defensive record. And that was really evident last night. And it's been a brilliant few days for them. I think two very heart-fought victories. Uh, and last night, tactically... Going into the game, I kind of anticipated them doing this, reading up on what Bielsa's done in the past and looking at some of the, the Leeds United kind of tactic whizzes. Tends to kind of match up when there's a team playing uh, a 3 5 2. Uh, I say that kind of like that because there was obviously a few uh, variations in the way Bielsa set up. He had, for example, Hernandez on one side and Harrison on the other, clearly not really out and out wing backs. But the system was kind of similar and that fitness that we know that Marcelo Bielsa has to have throughout his squad I think that's been really evident in the in the two wins scoring late a couple of players I want to ask you about Ru Lang has got in touch on Twitter at the Totally Show if you'd like to follow him how important is a fit Liam Cooper to Leeds promotion push well I don't want to be too harsh on Barami because I think he does okay I know he's more naturally a, a fullback, but he's played a lot at centre half and I think he's done okay but you saw the improvement when Cooper came on at Kenilworth Road it just stabilised them when they were uh, rocking a little bit in that second half when Luton had, had upped the tempo and he was first class last night he, he really was but I don't know if we're going to come on to Ben White but I mean the, the guy just from the first game of the season really at Bristol City he's outstanding I'd go as far to say he's probably the best player in the championship at the moment incredible consistency uh, strong defensively won everything in terms of the set pieces that Reading put in last night but when he comes out with a ball it is like watching a young Rio Ferdinand John Stones uh, he's probably stronger I think than John Stones he's, he's more physical than Stones but he didn't put a foot wrong again last night and I can only imagine that Brighton have put him out for this season at a big club mm. uh, surely they're monitoring him and thinking you play for Leeds this year hopefully it'll be a successful season and then he'll be drip-fed into Brighton's team next year. He has to be, surely. How about Clarkey? Jack Harrison, uh, on loan from Man City for the second season, got the winner here. Interesting player in that his, his path to English football has been an unusual one, coming from America and New York. What's his ceiling, do you think? Is he a championship player? No, not necessarily. I think he could, he could he'd probably thrive in the top flight. I've, I've been impressed with him. Initially, I just thought, is he just a, a busy player that can come on and, and, and lift the tempo? But but he's taken on greater responsibility this season. He's certainly had more game time and he's scoring goals, isn't he? He's getting himself into, into good positions. Loved the ball in, was it from Costa last night yeah. towards him? But but for Harrison to attack that at the fast stick the way he did shows that he's more than just a neat and tidy midfield player. He can get into the box and, and score goals. He's in a rich vein of form and, and thoroughly deserves his, his place. I'll be surprised if Leeds don't go up now. That They look much improved even on, on last season, in my opinion, Sam's bang on about Ben White. He's a much better player than, than Janssen was. And I think that, that people like Harrison and Roberts have come on as well. And of course, there's more competition up, up top at the moment as well. Well, there will be when Nketi is fit. So no, yeah, Jack Harrison, if they do go up, I'd imagine they'll try and sign him on a, on a permanent basis. Let Bielsa 
likes what he's got, doesn't he? He likes to to work with a, a small group of players, a familiar group of players to him. He's not one for bringing in too many outsiders. So so if they do go up, he'll be looking to to keep the bulk of the squad, I would imagine. We'll talk a bit more Leeds in a minute because I want to look back at their uh, big win on Saturday too. But but just finally on this game, Sam, uh, we gave Mark Bowen some scorn when he appointed himself a, a, as Royals manager. How, how did they look to you? He's been there for a while now. Lacking in confidence at the top of the pitch, Puskas really needs a goal. He looks like someone who's not only not contributing goals, but I'm finding it hard to see actually what he brings to the party at the moment. His hold-up play was really poor. Immediately when he gave one away early on, you can hear the crowd moaning and groaning and I saw that confidence just leaving basically from that moment on. So that's a little bit of an issue. The one personnel change he has made, Mark Bowen, was bringing Bulldog back into the fold. Well, he's unavailable now with a hamstring so uh, hamstring problem. So that's a, a bit of an issue. But in terms of the, the setup, they are very compact. The three centre-halves were excellent again tonight. That aggression is very evident and I think Mark Bowen's uh, wanting them to be a little bit more direct. They had that to a degree last night with Mate adding a bit of hustle and bustle. So I think the improvements are clear. I think there's probably an argument to say that John Swift and Ajaria, as good as players they are, are they going to be able to play together in central midfield as they are at the moment? continually throughout this season that, that's a big question mark for me they're, they're Reading's best players it's where you fit them into the to the formula at the moment I suppose OK we're going to talk about Luton's win on Tuesday night soon but first let's look back at the feature game on the Quest highlights on Saturday involving both Leeds and Luton it's Ben White oh what a ball that is Patrick Bamford for Leeds Bamford scores two goals in two games for Patrick Bamford who makes his point to the Luton fans. He's cross. There's Collins. 1-1. Luton level. Two goals in three minutes. And James Collins makes it one all here. His first goal in eight games. After a lovely cross from Izzy Brown. There's Costa. Ailing into the path of Click. There's Bamford. Oh, Leeds have won it. Patrick Bamford in the 90th minute. What a sickener for Luton. Leeds won it by two goals to one. Patrick Bamford, a relative of the B and JCB, digging his team out of a hole here. Eddie and Ketcher, as you mentioned, Clark, he's still not returned to full fitness. So so timely that Bamford seems to have rediscovered a little bit of form. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, I, th- I thought it was a slight goalkeeping error from James Shea, who had been brilliant earlier on in the contest uh, to let it in at his near post. But yeah, look, Bamford's carrying the flag, isn't he, at the moment? I, I think that they would like to get Nketiah back. It'd be interesting to see what they do at the top end of the pitch in January, Leeds United, given what I've just said about Bielsa and, and, and liking the players he has. I think that is sometimes, it's a strength and a weakness. I, I do think supplementing with, with at least one more centre-forward from January would almost secure it for, for for me, and it would keep the likes of Bamford and, and Anketia on their toes. So so no, it was um, it was a good performance because Luton played better. They, it was more impressive. They've had quite a good week, Luton Town. So they went on to 
to beat Charlton last night. But uh, yeah, they had to work for it, Leeds. I, I, I thought it was a tougher match for them than I anticipated anyway. To see more from that game, to see what Sam looks like, to see what Adrian looks like, and to see more EFL football in general, the best thing for you to do after listening to the rest of this show, of course, is to watch the EFL on Quest. You love it, we love it, so watch it on Quest. Freeview Channel 12, Freesat 167, Sky 144, Virgin 217, or just go online and on questod.co.uk. So after losing that game, Luton had another home fixture just days later as Charlton came to Bedfordshire. They managed to get the W here. Izzy Brown scored the decisive goal in a 2-1 success. Lovely finish for his first for the club. Sammy, somebody who you and I have watched throughout the years, really good to see him getting a consistent run of games after a rotten time with injury. Yeah, and, and having watched him from when he was a young player, I think just getting him in his favoured position has been so beneficial to him this year. Finding a, a club to go to where they play this system, where he can he can play in the hole. Because I've been scratching my head, you know, looking at him, thinking he's got a lot of ability, but where is he going to fit in? And uh, playing, he's played wide, he's played up front, he's probably played deeper at times, but he is at the top of his game at the moment. He's Luton's best player by a country mile. A little bit of good fortune last night could have been handball when it, it jumped up and there was a little bit of... Um, it was a bit contentious the first goal as well, maybe James Collins in an offside position. But uh, generally, the Luton midfield looked a lot better last night. Shinny was excellent as well. And that's been an area that me and Adrian identified at the back end of last season and this year. Have they got a good enough holding midfield player um, to supplement the rest of the guys? I think he's got that balance better in the last couple of games, Graham Jones, after a bit of a debacle at um, Reading, wasn't it? The defeat. So... Looking a lot better. I just worry about that centre-half pairing. The lack of pace was... looked like me running back last night chasing Lecco. Um, I think that's the Achilles heel. And they haven't got the two full-backs, Stacey and Justin, to cover round with that ferocious pace that they had in their ranks last season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely bang on from a tactical point of view. Yeah, I think that they missed the speed of those two full-backs on, on the cover. They play out from the back and take a lot of risks, don't they, Luton? They got caught against Charlton and it's, they get caught a lot. It happened against Leeds a few times. So so that that's a problem for them. Obviously, they want to stick with the philosophy, but it's kind of costing them at the moment. What I like about Izzy Brown, by the way, in that number 10 role, is that he doesn't stay in that in that pocket centrally. He'll pop up right and left and he'll run beyond as well as coming short. He's got good good movement. We saw that in this week alone. The brilliant cross, wasn't it, for for Collins against Leeds. Absolutely perfect cross from the right. He scores his goal against Charlton from the left side of the box. So it's really important to have have good movement and mobility in that position. Also on Tuesday, Fulham beat Derby by three goals to nil. Uh, here was me thinking that there was some concern about Fulham and, and Scott Parker. They've won three on the bounce all of a sudden. That red-haired dude has been on. He asks, should Scott Parker be given more credit for how he's managing Fulham this season and keeping them in the race for automatic promotion? There's, there's a lot of eyes on Scott Parker for obvious reasons. It feels like people have been quite quick to criticise him, so we ought to be quick to praise him too. Uh, maybe. I think he's got good players though, hasn't he? And he's, you know, he's in the job at the back end of last season. It will take a bit of time because I think he is adapting the style somewhat um, from, from what Fulham have had in the last few years. I thought last night was a good decision to leave Camera in the side, although uh, numbers are down, especially in the, the centre of midfield. So he shuffled things around, um, went to a 4-2-3-1. But I just think that thrust and a bit more power 
uh, to complement Mitrovic was a, a good move, an important move, and that's one of the, the, the main factors as to why they won the game so comprehensively last night. But yeah, West Brom and, and Leeds know that Fulham will be coming. Oh, uh, no doubt about that. They've just got a bit of an issue at the moment. Reed was uh, out last night. Harrison Reed, Arter uh, missing as well. So potentially McDonald might come back into the fold for, for Friday against Swansea. One thing I would say about Fulham, and it has been a good week for Parker, who's adapted to this tactics. It was pretty a blessing, wasn't it, that Mitrovic missed the game against QPR because it gave Camera the chance. And then he's like, hang on. This guy's pretty tasty. I, I, I need to have him in because he gives that penetration that we were talking about on last week's show that they were lacking. But yeah, what I'll say about them is that they've had quite a kind run of fixtures. I don't know if you've seen this. They've only played two of the top eight so far this season, which I think is important. And they've only had two away games against clubs in the top 15. Two away games against clubs in the top 15. So really, we don't know what they're like on the road against anyone decent. Uh, my inkling is that there's fragility there because defensively they've got the same personnel as last year or uh, very similar. I'm not convinced by them without the ball. So so I think there are some real tests to come for Fulham in the middle of winter. We're about to learn a lot more about them. They're in uh, South Wales at the weekend against Swansea, which sounds like an absolutely delightful game. That'll be one for the Friday neutral, night, that is. Uh, no doubt. Yeah, Friday night football should be good. Uh, Derby, dreadful at defending. Don't do anything away. See you later. Uh, the good news oh, is no. is that... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what have you got to say positive about Derby? They got beat 3-0. Come on. Outstanding on Saturday. Best performance of the yeah. season. It's a season against Preston. Craig Forsyth, he was like Beckenbauer. Yeah, five wins in a row at home. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, Keller Roos, by the way, the fans, the fans want him out. I thought he was being uh, nice. Yeah? No, I'm, I'm just balancing it. <laughs> hey, do you know, I looked at that this morning. Scott Carson's at Man City. I forgot about that. <laughs> He's gone. Get him back. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Sorry, Scott Carson's at Man City. <laughs> Good, yeah. Um, the good news is that Wayne Marini will be at Pride Park this Saturday against QPR. Ah, he's going to transform it. Uh-huh. In terms of the weekend's matches that we want to have a look at, Leeds against Middlesbrough, the Jonathan Woodgate derby. Uh, we're recording this pre-Borough's visit to Barnsley, but results haven't been good for Woody so far. A win would give him a real buzz. That's a very laboured Toy Story pun. Um, <laughs> at what point does it become impossible for Steve Gibson not to cut bait and abandon Project Woody? I mean, Andy seemed to get by fairly comfortably without him in the aforementioned Pixar tetralogy. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what you're talking I, about. Yeah. I saw the latest one. It was terrible. Oh, don't say that. It was really poor. Yeah, I didn't go by myself, by the way. Um, niece and nephew. Abby says it was bad as well. Ending of yeah. three, by the way. One of the most dramatic endings to a film. Was it four that I've, that's been out recently? Yeah, yeah it was really yeah. drab. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Drab. I think, you, I think Woody's doing better than results suggest. I really do. I don't think it's as disastrous as, as the lead tables suggest. So really good against Hull until the red card. I mean, it was a shocker, wasn't it? I mean, Sorry, I'm still on. Yeah, I, I, I didn't want to talk animation. about Toy Story. Didn't want to talk about it anymore. Sorry. Keep uh, going. I, yeah, I watched the first one. Yeah, then I grew up. Anyway. Get out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How old are your kids? <laughs> not this old is enough absolutely for, disgraceful. Not old enough for Toy Story. Um, yeah, no, I think but Middlesbrough are really good against Hull and they've got to just remember what they did in that game. Obviously, they're huge underdogs to, to go to Ellen Road and, and win. But there were signs, I think, with the front two. Uh, Son Belonga was superb, by the way, in that game. Son Belonga and Fletcher. Look, they, they could cause Leeds one or two problems. Um 
on the break in this game um, with their movement and pace. Um, a, a fit and firing Asombolonga is pretty valuable in the championship. It's coming, I think, from Middlesbrough, but everything seems to be going against them. A big game on Monday night, Preston against West Bromwich Albion. If you're listening, Alex Neil, I think you're doing amazingly well. Please don't hurt me. Uh, Preston unbeaten at home. They've won seven of nine. This, therefore, Sam uh, Albion's toughest test of the season so far. Perhaps they're pretty good away too. Yeah, I think so. Um, they were very poor, uh, Preston, I felt, at um, Derby last time out. Probably their, one of their worst performances of the season and Alex Neil made a couple of changes um, at half-time, I believe. And I think their the biggest asset recently has been Stockley. We talked about that a lot, but he was really well shackled uh, against um, Derby. So, yeah, a really interesting one. I think West Brom are, are motoring at the moment. be very interested to see how they get on tonight against Bristol City, which I think is a, a difficult-looking game. It's one of those games where Bristol City can very often turn up and upset the odds. So I think a lot will heal on how they, they get on tonight, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I'll be at that game, so looking forward to it. So I'll be able to report back on both teams next week what, what I've learned. Well, it's a great game. Preston top of the home table. West Brom second best away from home. have only let in five on the road, which is amazing, really. I think Carl Bartley has proved me and probably loads of people wrong this season. I think he's having a, a wonderful campaign. I, and I was impressed, actually, that they got the job done against Sheffield Wednesday because the, the entire central midfield unit was suspended. So they were out. Uh, Ajayi came in alongside Kravinovic and, the, and, and they just about got the job done. We talked about best players in the championship. Sam said Ben Ben White. I'd, I'd say Mateus Pereira's got to be up there. He's, he's, he's on fire at the moment in that number 10 role for the baggy. So um, interesting to see how he... He fares in this game. He he might be the difference. I'd have a, a slight favouring towards West Brom ahead of the game at Deepdale. Joe, it's been far too long since you said something. What about some odds for the games you've just spoken about, starting with Leeds against Borough? Uh, yeah, as you would imagine, Leeds are massive favourites to win this game. They're 1-3. Middlesbrough almost a double-figure price, 9-1 to one to get the away win and the draw 4-1. to one. How about Preston, West Brom still back in the home team given their record or Albion given their superior position in the table? Yeah, it should be a, a cork of this and they're, they're, they're both quite close in the betting. Uh, West Brom are slight favourites at 6-4, uh, to four. Uh, Preston 7-4 to four and the draw 12-5. to five. What's the relegation market looking like at the moment? Because we've been speaking about Middlesbrough who are down there but Clarkey doesn't think maybe for much longer. Barnsley have got a new manager, Stoke similar as that as that altered much as I continue to to speak words while you hastily scroll through to the relegation market no not a great deal has has changed Barnsley have been odds on to go down for quite some time uh, they're still red hot favorites for the uh, for the drop uh, Luton and Wigan fill the uh, the other two slots at the the top of the betting kind of suggesting that we perhaps think Middlesbrough will just scrape out of it they're the fourth favorites to go down but still quite a short price at six to four Right, thanks, Championship. You remain a constant source of chat-worthy subjects. Can we say the same about League One? Only one way to find out. Get great offers every day with William Hill. Join today and get £30 in free bets when you bet £10 using the promo code C30. Whether you like great prices, free bets or in-play scoreboards, William Hill has you covered. William Hill is who you play with. 
Promo code C30. New online customers only. Minimum £10 stake. Win only. Minimum odds 1 to 2. Free bets paid as free £10 bets. 30 day expiry. Free bet payment method player and country restrictions apply. League One. In some ways, it sounds like a make of the kind of off-brand trainers my mum used to buy me, insisting they were just as good as the flashy expensive ones. They weren't, mum. They were no better than plimsolls, and that's why the other boys rightly mocked me. Where were we? Ah, League One headlines. On Tuesday night in the top of the table clash between Ipswich and Wickham, Joe Jacobson missed a late pen. Well, it was a good save, actually. Uh, Wickham would have gone eight points clear at the top had he stuck it in. Burton continued their top-class trolling of Sunderland, winning at the Stadium of Light again. They're not quite with the same impact as in 2018. Not going great for Phil Parkinson so far. Uh, Portsmouth bested Rotherham in a five-goal thriller at Fratton Park. John Marquis will hope his goal kickstarts his Pompey career. Off the pitch, Wimbledon's woes continue as the club announced they need to raise a further £11 million by January to complete their new stadium at Plough Lane. Borrowing the money they need would leave the Dons with a playing budget barely capable of surviving in League Two, let alone the league they're in. Elsewhere, Bolton docked five points but suspended for 18 months. That as a result of their missed matches. The EFL aren't happy, said in a statement. The league will appeal the outcome in the strongest possible sense. There is a, a shaking of head from one of our panel. No prizes for guessing who. Joe, what was your reaction to the, to the punishment and then the response? I was quite happy with the the punishment. I know Adrian wasn't, um, but I was uh, I was quite happy with the outcome. I think to be docked another five points, while it does set a dangerous precedent for potentially teams calling games off when they they don't want to play. I think it would have been harsh for another points deduction as a, a further hangover from the Ken Anderson era. So I think the suspended uh, five point penalty and a fine uh, was decent. The thing that baffles me is. The EFL have brought in an independent panel to work out the punishment that Bolton Wanderers should get. And now that they've come back, this independent panel, with their decision, the EFL are now appealing it. It, it seems like there's something going horrifically wrong at the, the top of the EFL. So Joe thinks it was an acceptable punishment. Clarkie disagrees. Sam, where do you sit on that? I guess if, you, if you're a team either trying to survive or get promoted, you might have played Bolton and didn't you might feel that they should have been punished a little bit further I think so I'm probably just about with Clarkey yeah and and thinking back teams like Doncaster why why haven't they not been handed the the victory for the postponed game um that's something that doesn't sit particularly well with me that they're going to potentially have to replay that when Bolton have got a much better team so that's the, the 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 biggest point that jumps out to me about it all but you know, of course, there's a sense of me sitting here with Joe as I am today, but I would be anyway. We don't want to see clubs punished further. You know, I've lived it when I was at Luton when we started minus thirty. It's, it's terribly sad for the supporters when these things happen. It's very difficult to overturn that deficit as we're seeing at the moment. That's a great point, Clarky, that Sam's made that I hadn't really considered. The games that they missed. This kind of thing, you'd normally just say, well, that's a 3-0 win for the opposition, wouldn't you? That, that sort uh, yeah, of I, would have, I would have thought so. But I guess now that they're up and running and they can play the fixture, then they feel that they should play the fixture. It kind of doesn't feel fair. But then again, it wasn't really fair that some of the other teams profited from playing Bolton's youth team early on. Honestly. It's all a bit unsavoury, isn't it? It's, it's disappointing. Yeah, I, I just think it all boils down to the precedent. If you don't fulfil a fixture, if you, if you, if you, if you call off when... You know, when you could have played it, you have you have to pay a price for that. That's just my view. I'm a bit draconian, I guess, in in, in that sense. But yeah, it it just makes you wonder how many other teams might might follow suit and think, well, 
Bolton got away with it. Let's turn our attention to stuff that happened on the pitch in the top of the table game in East Anglia. Ipswich nil, Wickham nil was how it finished. Both sides reason to be rueful. Ipswich had what looked like a legit goal ruled out. Wickham missed that late pen. Uh, still some better result for the boys of chair than those of tractor. Yeah, definitely. Fantastic result um, considering how the league table was looking going into it. Just another example of how difficult it is to play against Wickham. Incredibly organised. Listen, I, I think they're 11 and they've got a lot of uh, good attacking players who are waiting in the wings most weeks because they've got real strength up top. Um, I think they're 11. Is, of course, in terms of the pedigree and the money they've paid for the players, it's different from Sunderland and Ipswich. But there's not a great deal uh, to, to tell me that Wickham are going to fall away. And listen, I, was, I wouldn't say I was critical, but when I did the Tranmere game the other day, I said my concern was, were they going to be able to sustain winning these narrow games? 1-0. I think there's been... I had it written down, but it's not in front of me now. But there's been, I think, six maybe games by they've won by the odd goal. And maybe I was too heavily reliant on my own experiences in my career when I've been playing in teams early part of the season and you're top and you're scraping by and you're winning 1-0 and you're winning 2-1. I think we're not going to be able to maintain this. Well, I'm going to have to reconsider a little bit because I've watched a lot of Wickham's recent games and there is something there. There is an incredible uh, unity between the players. It's obviously something that's been built over a, a long period of time. Charles and Stewart, exceptional. The two centre-halves, the two full-backs, excellent. A lovely variety in midfield, irrelevant who plays. He's got a lot of options there. And as I've already touched on, there's goals in the team as well. So another point I made was that if they can be in this position come January and they can add one or two, because I think there's going to be money available. And the reason I say in January is because the run of games is really tricky coming up over December. If they can still be in this position, why not? And last thing, I'd bloody love them to do it. I played there once upon a time. Great memories. So there you go, Wickham fans. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Gareth Ainsworth will be nailed on for, for manager of the year if he, if he manages uh, to get yeah, them up. Um, Adrian, all accounts... Ref had a bit of a stinker in this game. How frustrating is that as a player when you feel like the officials let you down? If Ipswich miss out on promotion by two points, it's the fault, really, of the the referee. Alan Young is a guy, 11 yellows as well. James Norwood's kicked off afterwards, I understand. He, he'll be suspended for the, for the Coventry League game. It wasn't just the disallowed goal. I mean, I think they claimed a handball, didn't they, Wickham? It absolutely wasn't. It was an own goal from a Wickham player. And, um, yeah, I feel really sorry for Ipswich, who also shouldn't have had a penalty against them later on. The foul was outside the box. So, yeah, lots of gripes from them. I said on last week's show we'd find out about what Ipswich are made of across the the, the next seven days. And and I'm not sure how much we've learned because it was a two-all draw with, with Blackpool, nil-nil with Wickham, no shots on target. I suppose what we've learned is that they're not going to run away with a division Ipswich, that they're, you know, they're, they're a decent team, but, but one that's developing. Uh, Ipswich fan Ed Sheeran was watching, which led to Wickham to tweet out a photo of Akin Fenner with the lyric, I'm in love with the shape of you, which is one of his songs. <laughs> that's how you do Twitter football club accounts. Uh, literally every other club take note. I want to move on to Sunderland 1, Burton too. I wonder if the higher-ups at Sunderland are thinking maybe they should have appointed Gareth Ainsworth after all. 
Uh, boos echoed round the Stadium of Light at full time. Sunderland 14 points behind leaders Wickham. Since they put five past Tranmere, they haven't won in nine in all comps. Is there a way you can see them getting back on track? Sam, are they already looking at playoffs and automatic promotions out of the picture? Mm, possibly, yeah. I mean, playoffs, that's the saving grace. Mm. Looking at the table, I mean, I've read a lot last night and this morning. This is probably the lowest step. I think this is the lowest down they've ever been in their history. I mean, the Sunderland fans this morning are absolutely fuming. And of course, it's a Burton team who I think relegated them. Is that right? With a From game, the championship. A game yeah, at the yeah. Stadium of Light. In so, stoppage time. Listen, he's friend of the show, old Parky, came on a few weeks ago. But when the velocity of the stick is getting to the, the stage that it is last night, they may make a, a change. Mm. Uh, it, obviously, that it's going to have a knock-on effect because they'll probably have to pay him uh, a fair amount of money. But that's surely going to have to be in consideration today to try and salvage the season. I mean, tactically, I don't know if there's a great deal I can pick out last night. Um, it sounds like it was quite direct again, which seems quite peculiar when Will Grigg is your... Uh, central striker. Luko Nine again sounds to be uh, jack of all trades wherever he's played. He, he's still giving 100%. Power and Leadbitter coming in for a lot of grief because they lack mobility, they lack steel in, in the centre of the park. So uh, there's a number of things going on. Can I see it turning around under Parkinson? <sighs> Seven defeats out of the 11. I know it's all competitions, but the stats are damning uh, and maybe we'll, we'll see some news Didn't this week. I read a stat that that Jack Ross lost seven in, I don't know, 60-odd games. They were, they were the team that were impossible to beat almost, weren't they, Sunderland? Now they've become easy to and beat. Scored yeah. And scored every game. Yeah, and exactly. I think it's 11 in the 11 games. So yeah, far. They're, not, they're not creating enough. There's not enough spark. Yeah, I don't know whether it's, it's down to the manager, whether the players... The players certainly aren't responding to Phil, are they? Which is a real shame. It's a lot of club legends are calling for a change, aren't they? Uh, Kevin Phillips, is, is, his name's been chucked into the, the mix by, by Mickey Gray. And I get where he's coming from because personality manager, it, 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 I think it, it is the kind of club that needs a big personality to be in charge of it and, and to lift the, the supporters. And every time I've watched Sunderland or you've seen people reporting from the Stadium of Light of late they've been saying the crowd are on the team's back the crowd are not happy and that's a, that's a big problem it's, it's horrendous for the players and, and so maybe they do need to, to bring in a populist uh, successor to, to Parkinson which seems crazy after 11 but losing 7 is, is very very bad we speak a lot about Sunderland on this show because they're a huge team in League One and well supported too. But well done to Burton. There is something quite nice about the fact that Nigel Clough's got this really good record uh, away at the club where his dad made his name. What have you got in terms of odds for promotion from League One then, Joe? What would you give me on, on Sunderland this morning? Sunderland, as you can uh, well imagine, are, are quite a way down the, the betting. They're 11 to 4 uh, to get promoted. Ipswich are 4 to 6, so their odds on to go up. But it's quite interesting to see uh, Wickham. They're, they're 2 to 1, which is the same price as Peterborough and Oxford. So they're 2 to 1 to get promoted. And they're actually 8 to 1 to win the league. So we still think that the ball is very much in, in Ipswich's court uh, with regards to the title and uh, getting back into the championship. There's no more League One matches in November. That's because it is the FA Cup second round this weekend. I want to have a look ahead to a couple of ties. There is an all-League One affair in Birmingham, Coventry against Ipswich. Uh, Adrian, 
fair to say that this one probably means more to Coventry because they would enjoy uh, the money that comes from from a big tie in round three and Ipswich's focus this season is very clearly on promotion. Yeah, I, I think that probably is a good way to look at it. Yeah, for that reason, you might make Coventry favourites. You'd also have to look at the, the, the numbers and, and they would back up Coventry, who have been brilliant at home, only leaked uh, seven goals. It's basically the the best, one of the best teams at home in League One against, against an Ipswich team that are unbelievable away. Seven wins, one draw, one loss in the league on the road Ipswich so so yeah I think it'll be very 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 tight but uh, but no I, I I really like the look of Coventry I think they've got good good, good low knees uh, Liam Walsh has come in and, and done excellently O'Hare off the bench at the moment is is a good impact and even though they don't have this main striker which we've mentioned on the show before who, who scores tons of goals they do have a lot of players that score goals and I think that, that that is a strength as well for Coventry because if one player isn't doing the business, then others will, will readily step in. The one that's standing out for me at the moment is, is Zane Westbrook, 23, ex-Brentford. Hasn't done a great deal in his career until this point, yet he's been their best player of, of late in a sort of attacking midfield position. So, yeah, watch out for him in this game. Sam Tranmere v Chichester is a, a, a tie which interests me, not least because I just like saying Chichester. <laughs> um, what's it like when you are the big dog playing the minnow? Is, 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 it, is it that thing of the cliche of, oh, your attitude's got to be right because you know they're going to they're gonna work hard? Or, or do you ever go into a game like this thinking, oh, this is nice, I might be able to get my numbers up a little bit and, and knock in a few goals? Yeah, I think there's a, a bit of the, the latter uh, about it. We spoke about it a few weeks ago. But the worst possible draw for Tranmere, the Tranmere lads. Mm. Uh, going to Chichester, I used to enjoy that type of occasion. You know, different experience and you can relax. Because I think you know in the back of your mind, if you get an early goal, it's an opportunity to, to rack the goals up and to, to express yourselves without a great deal of pressure. But if you don't, you can come a... Uh, you can... You can uh, <laughs> come a cropper, I think, is yeah. the phrase you're looking for. Uh, if you don't, you can come a cropper. And I've been on the receiving end of that. I lost at Canvey Island once upon a time uh, for Northampton. So, do you know what? I think Tranmere could turn their season around. I'm not suggesting they're going to fire themselves up the table, but I saw enough in the, the recent performances, especially getting Morgan Ferrier back fit, who I believe scored in the replay at Wickham. He looked good off the bench in the league game between the two. I think he could be important for them moving forward. I'm surprised at their defensive woes because I thought last season they were pretty reliable defensively. The goalkeeper was sensational in League Two. Got Manny Monta, a very good defender at League Two level and he's not made that kind of transformation into League One as of yet. But I think they'll be all right and obviously expect them to win would this you, game. Would you pick a full-strength side? Because I, I would here because I think if you do come a cropper and you, if you mix and match your team, the chances of you coming a cropper are, are higher then the damage psychologically it could do them it would be huge. So yeah, I'd go full strength if, if I was Tranmere here. The one thing, well, there's two reasons why Chichester, and I wouldn't expect them to win, but two reasons to feel encouraged. Tranmere, just two home wins all season, so not brilliant at Prenton Park. And they're rubbish at defending corners and, and free kicks. Really poor. I think they've conceded eight goals from set pieces. And if you're the minnow, you're going to work really hard on set pieces. So, um, so yeah, interesting game, but surely Tranmere will win. Who's going to win the FA Cup, Joe? Man City, favourites to win. 3-1, uh, to one. Liverpool 5-1. to one. 
Spursy type of season, seven to one. Chelsea, seven to one. United, eight to one. All the big hitters at the top. Hang on, what about Arsenal? All the big hitters at the top. <laughs> <laughs> right, coming soon, a real treat for fans of what are Sam and Adrian up to this weekend, if any. But first, League Two. This is the Totally Football League show with Matt Davis-Adams. In League Two, here's the news. A vintage night of action on Tuesday. Forest Green Rovers, nil. Crew Alexandra, nil. Grimsby Town, nil. Cheltenham Town, nil. Nine points separate first to 11th. That's not many points for quite a lot of places. The Ginger Pele continues to cause havoc as Owen Doyle, he's the Ginger Pele these days, scores his 17th goal of the season, 10th in seven matches in all comps in Swindon's 1-0 win over Mansfield. Uh, the games last night, as I say, goalless, they finished. The big news, Forest Greenwise this season, has been, unlike the food at the new lawn, unsavoury. Uh, the Football Association will not investigate Forest Green head coach Mark Cooper after it was alleged he made an unacceptable jibe about late, late Orient boss Justin Edinburgh. O's interim manager Ross Embleton sent off in Saturday's defeat by Rovers for throwing chewing gum at Cooper. He claimed Cooper labelled him an imposter and asked, who do you think you are, Justin Edinburgh? There's not really much that we can say about this, is there? Forest Green's trench strenuously denied it straight away. Uh, we know that tempers run high on touchlines, and yeah, that's about it, really. Carlisle have appointed their new manager, a man called Chris Beach specifically. He hasn't managed a match before, aside from a brief caretaker role, previously an assistant at Rochdale. Can Carlisle, Chris, as he shall now be known, uh, do the job? I like this statement from United Chairman Andrew Jenkins on the appointment. It's interesting, at least. We're taking a new approach for the club in defining the position. With us in the past, we've appointed managers. We see the head coach role as being specific to the football department from first team through to youth team. Chris will pick the team, coach the squad and organise the day-to-day routine as he prepares for each game. Sam, does this then mean that they pick somebody malleable who's going to be okay with not being involved in signings and that kind of other day-to-day running of the club that takes part away from the training pitch? That's the worry, yeah. And if I was being cynical, I'd say that David Holdsworth has got himself... um, a puppet, someone that he can obviously influence. Um, that said, it's a guy who I've played against the teams that he was coaching. He's been on the circuit for a long time. He did some outstanding work, obviously, and had great longevity at Rochdale. Uh, let's give the, the guy a chance. There was a lot of ex-players rumoured to be interested in the gig. I think Michael Bridges, former teammate of mine, Danny Granger, Gavin Skelton's been helping out the last couple of games, but maybe... a a fresh voice from outside could have an influence. Listen, let's let's um, not be too hasty with our judgments as we have been higher up the tiers with people yeah. like Mark Bowen, eh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's yeah, no, I agree with you. Give give the guy a chance. It's um, it's a gamble, isn't it? Because Carlisle have tumbled down League Two, and he's not been a number one before, other than in a caretaker capacity. I agree with Sam in terms of being sceptical about the whether. David Holdsworth will be, you know, pulling the strings there. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a definitely a, an interesting choice. It, it, my immediate reaction was that it was a budget appointment as well because the existing staff from Stephen Presley are still there. And that in itself, I think, is a worry. No matter how that that good, never works. No matter how it? good someone is at the interview and how enthusiastic they are, how knowledgeable they are about the team, about the league, which I'm sure Chris was, he's got to work on a day-to-day basis with people that 
that have been there when they've struggled this season and, and they might see things completely differently. And that, I think, is a, is a real worry. The other game on Tuesday night, also goalless Grimsby against Cheltenham. Joe, any movement odds-wise on, on the new Grimsby manager seems to have gone a little bit quiet over the last few days slash week? Pete Wilde is the favourite. Uh, to be next Grimsby boss. He's odds on now at five to six with Kevin Nolan three to one second favourite. Uh, and then it's six to one or bigger for the, the rest. So it looks like a two horse race, uh, I think, for the next Grimsby boss. Is that another budget appointment then? Pete Wilde's come from absolutely nowhere, hasn't he? I liked the cut of his jib when they had a couple of victories and had that went at Fulham in the cup. Yeah, he? he went on TV that night, didn't he? And But it was kind of well down the, the ladder at Oldham the kit coaching. Or something? <laughs> no, he was, uh, no, he was coaching, wasn't he? Yeah. But I'm surprised he's, he's linked with a, a first-team job of that magnitude. Mm. We shall see. Listen to question time. Michael Brown asks, is there a better player in League Two than Anthony Sasevic? Can't think there is. Producer Abby would like to point out two words, Owen Doyle. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say exactly the same thing. Clearly, Owen Doyle's going to win League Two Player of the Year as it stands. Certainly... In terms of Will form, if he goes back to well, Bradford in well, January. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if it if he carries on the way he is, he's that's yeah. Uh, it would seem so unfair, wouldn't it? But I, I suppose we'd learn a lot about him. I suppose. Well, I wonder we? what Owen himself. We'll have to try and get Owen Doyle on the show. He's, de- <laughs> he's de- he'd be desperate to stay at Swindon. You think? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, if you've been farmed, the out. one sacrificed mm. because they brought in a couple of strikers, and even if it didn't fit from a tactical point of view. He's been the one that's been sent away. He's enjoying his football and he's playing for Wellens, who's got the best out of him previously at Oldham. It fits. Would you kick off about it? If it it was you and Bradford said, come on, Sam, you're coming back, would you say, no, I don't want to? I'd find it very hard, I think, to get my head around that. Is that, in that kind of situation, is that where your agent actually earns his money? Because he can be that kind of conduit and maybe be a bit stronger with your parent club well, than, than pre- you Surely preempt it as well and say, don't even think about asking to get bring him back. Yeah, you've got to be on the same page as your agent, haven't you? You don't want someone talking for you if you're not, you know, got clarity with what you want, I think, moving forward. But yeah, surely the conversations will be ongoing now. I just think for, for someone who has been farmed out, I think it would be incredibly sad for him if he's got to go back and try and get going again at Bradford because the, I'm not saying the fans were really critical of him, but they certainly weren't, you know, big fans of his last season. He was getting there was a lot of question marks about some of his performances and his uh, his endeavour as well. So I'd like to see him stay at Swindon for obvious reasons. Getting back to the question, Sarsovic is in brilliant form, isn't he? He's probably the most informed player in the division. He's scoring goals, he's making goals. Uh, Plymouth uh, have had a nice little upturn, haven't they? So, uh, so no, do rate him, but but he's no Owen Doyle, is he? <laughs> uh, we just mentioned Bradford there. They're involved in the only game in League Two this weekend. They go to Macclesfield. BBC Manchester reporting that Joe Seeley's proposed takeover of Macclesfield has stalled on the pitch. They're without a win in six in all competitions. Uh, but Bradford also struggling as well. But I guess they're seeing this kind of game against a club in disarray as a great chance to pick up an away win. Yeah, they will do. They, they've been a bit patchy of, of late Bradford as well. Yeah, haven't won in all comps since 2nd of November. So it's two teams not in great form. And we just touched on Owen Doyle well. In his absence and without Clayton Donaldson as well, I think creativity 
and finishing is a bit of an issue for, for Bradford. Um, I think James Vaughan is capable, but others need to start chipping in as well. So that's a bit of an issue there. Macclesfield not in great form. They haven't won in six, as you say, Matt. Only scored three times in the last seven. And a few injury woes going into this one. Theo, the two Theos, Vassell, the defender, and Archibald, who's been very good, I think, this season. We've spoken about yeah, him a few times. Yeah, like him. Involved in six goals in the league. He's out long-term, it looks, six to eight weeks. So they're not in the best of Nick. But, I mean, to be in this position at this stage of the season, they've done very, very well, Macclesfield. Yeah, I was really reading a piece in the, in the Guardian website. It's really, I recommend the piece. It, it was talking to the, the owner, the chairman, Al Cardi. He's the only stakeholder, the only director, the only board member, and he lives in Ibiza. He's hardly ever there. He doesn't want to own the club. It, I didn't realise, I have to be honest, I didn't realise it was it was in that kind of state, Macclesfield. It's amazing, really, that they managed to, to survive last year, given, given the problems off the pitch. I know I could keep banging on about fixtures and who's played who and, and whatnot, but but on that subject, because I like to look, I do think it matters to some degree when we're gauging where teams are. Bradford have played all the big hitters. They've played all of them so far this season. They've had the toughest opening stage of the season than anyone else um, up there in the promotion race. So I think, given that they're only, what, six points off top spot or something, they're in a good position to kick on. But as Sam says, they, they could do with uh, Donaldson back and, and a bit more, bit more firepower. Joe, what what are the odds saying for this game? I, I quite fancy the away win. What would you give me on that? Macclesfield are fifteen to two to get the win. Uh, Bradford one to two to win and the draw three to one. Right, just about out of time for this week. But before we leave you, it's the welcome return of what are the chaps up to this weekend? Sam, you get the honour of going first. Uh, I'm going to Swansea against Fulham on Friday, and then I'm going for Sunday lunch in the Chilton Hills on Sunday. What's your roast of choice? Probably beef. Right, we've just... Rare. Yeah, nice. Yorkshire's. Uh, horseradish, obviously. Horseradish, yeah. copious amounts, three pints of a local ale, even if I don't really <laughs> like the taste of it, Yeah, just because it's local. And then a snooze. And weak. <laughs> uh, we've just uh, organised uh, uh, like a pre-Christmas Christmas lunch with, what, six of my pals? Five have gone vegan roast. Not even vegans. Uh, I was that's Britain 2019 for you. I was at someone's for Sunday dinner, and um, the devastation when they realised they forgot to put the nut roast in. I wasn't interested at all. <laughs> copious amounts Just of a fancy stuffing. There's like it? hundreds of little sausages. I was more intrigued about them. No interest in Can't the nut roast. Pigs in blanket, can you? No, yeah. I'm exactly the same. We're kindred spirits, me and Sam, when it comes to the Sunday roast. That's, that's why people seems. search for you together. Exactly. I reckon so. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I too am going to go for a Sunday roast. Um, but before then, West Brom, Bristol City, Arsenal, Eintracht, Frankfurt, and Chelsea, West Ham as well. So, so get busy. Busy few days of football watching. All right, so you should enjoy uh, some of those games and also you'll get to watch Arsenal. So uh, there's something there. No time to hear from you, I'm afraid, Joe. Once again, the time has come to say goodbye. Uh, Caroline's in charge next week. Do join her then if you can. I'll see you back here in a fortnight. You've been listening to the Totally Football League Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. Keep up to date with everything across our Totally Football network at The Totally Show on Twitter and make sure you check out our brand new website too, thetotallyfootballshow.com. <laughs>